All right, all right, all right. This is a fresh episode of the Council Connection. I'm your host, Baby and Big Sand. On this fresh episode, we are going to conclude the Council Keys Evaluation walkthrough. We're going to go over standards 9 and 10, which are communication and professionalism. Two standards that you can, should be able to easily get fours on. We also have a special guest. We have John Burnett. He's going to discuss um, his YouTube pages, visit the Today Show, and counseling during and after the pandemic and its ramifications on student success. Of course, my housekeeping items and my final thought on a special announcement from the Georgia Department of Education. This is the part of the show I say, let's go. story on the council keys evaluation and how to be the best version of you for your scholars and staff members and other stakeholders in your school and in your district we have come to the last two standards um standard nine we're going to start with that one then we're going to break and go to 10 communication but the first one is professionalism basically it's what it says it is and if you really want to get the definition of professionalism if you want just a hood definition, if you want just a quick definition, proper acting. But we use the um, the definition of professionalism, professionalism, this is a hard word for me to say for some reason. The competence or skill expected of a professional, the practicing of an activity, especially a sport by professionals rather than amateur players. Why are we talking about athletes? Well, for amateur athletes, they talk about college players. So technically, they are amateurs because they are not paid. But since we are in name, image, and likeness, uh, they're being sponsored by somebody like might be a local car dealership or might be TikTok or something like that. YouTube will, spot, will pay for them. So we, that's a whole other story we had, Renee Lopez. We couldn't get into that subject. But you talk about amateurism, you do means student athletes basically or high school students and if you're playing a professional sport that is your main profession when you look at your profession this is what you make a living on this is what pays your bills this is what provides food and shelter for your families when we look at professional professional athletes or a professional model or a professional musician anything like that you're considered a professional and for us to have and have an exhibit professionalism we must be competent in that field that we are doing. So let's take an example for myself. I'm a musician also. I'm a paid musician where I play at and I do gigs. I have to be very competent at the, and have a skill that is expected of somebody that's professional or I practice that activity. So 
being paid for, I'm being I'm being um, compensated for that skill. So therefore, that doesn't let me rephrase that. Just because I'm being paid by somebody does not mean I'm a professional. It means I've been trained and I've been doing it for years and I'm good at it. And I have the competence and the skill that's expected of that role. <clears throat> so Mike Phillips, Angela Christie, uh, Chad LB, I'm just naming some saxophone players. There are professional saxophone players who are <laughs> competent in this skill and is expected of them. The same thing is true for any other job where you have an airline pilot or we'll say a, a fast food worker, fast food manager, or custodian, teacher, graduation coach, social worker, principal, district representative, D- D- a district PBIS coordinator, a director of guidance and counseling, director of student support services, a council coordinator, the competence or skill expected of professional. Those roles that we think are white, a professionalist doesn't have to be just a blue collar job or white collar job. It could be a black collar job, white collar job, red collar job, whatever college job you want to have. You must have an expected amount of skill or competence in your role to be professional and exhibit professionalism. Why am I dragging on about what professionalism is? Because the standard doesn't really say a lot and what is what you can do to be professional it's basically common sense we'll read standard three the school counselor consistently exhibits a commitment to professional ethics and the mission vision and beliefs of the school counselor program and regularly participates in professional growth opportunities the school counselor promotes and facilitates a culture of professionalism and ethic ethical behavior within the counseling and educational professions contributes to the professional development of others and serves as a model within the school counselor profession Basically, make sure you know how to do your job and get trained on how to do your job. That's how you do it. That's the story. That's the answer. Make sure that you are bound by the ethics of your school and the ASCA model, your mission and vision and beliefs of your school program, school council program. And get trained where appropriate. Participate in your state's association conference or national conference or your RESA's conference or your state DOE's conferences. Don't have to, you don't have to present. You present, that's even better. That gets you a four on, on standard one, what we talked about earlier this, this month. That'll get you a four on this one as well. So confidentiality, stay within the bounds of students, staff, and Parents, make sure you do not, in the words of my family in the country, at the donkey with stakeholders. Make sure you keep an even kill, personality, code switch, all that type of stuff. Stuff which teaching our students how to do. Um, of course, the code of ethics and legal standards that includes district, state, and ASCII guidelines. Number three, also, like I said, four or three professional development opportunities go to conference go to different stuff read the ask a magazine read the gsca beacon that we're in georgia read their state associations literature and use the mission division to provide guidance for your comprehensive program 
Use those things to make sure that your beliefs and missions guide you for the improvement of our scholars and closing the achievement gaps. That's level three. That's all it is. Level four, basically the highest degree of professionalism. And you just demonstrate leadership at the local district, state, and or national levels. Local slash district. Local meaning you might be somebody that's a community leader as far as uh, we'll say you you work at your local Habitat for Humanity or the weekends or stuff like that or you know can good drives we do a Christmas concert every year like myself I do a Christmas concert every year and I do a um, can good drive for the last 10 years we do a free concert and use use as can good drive for for making rescue making rescue mission that's leadership district level of course you work on a, the SELT team in Henry County um, or if you're like if you're like on a committee in your district for specific things like that, your district, but that's district for state. You work for your your local um, state association for us, um, for Georgia's Georgia's um, leisure team, or national level. Of course, you work for ASCA, or you're working somewhere with a um, college board. Those different settings. Those would be different arenas for you to just demonstrate leadership that will get you a four. Now, this year, um, for me, um, it'll be harder for me this year because I'm not on the GSCA team this year. Um, I was on it for three consecutive years, and this year I'm not on it. Long pause. But um, that was the three years I, I cherished doing it. Started the pot, Georgia. GSEA podcast last year. Um, we'll talk about that at another time. But um, I was on Leisure Team for three years with that, and I enjoy doing the weekend podcasting part. We'll talk about that another day. Um, but those are the things you can do with um, Standard Nine to receive a three or four in professionalism. Now I'll be right back to talk about Standard Ten in communication. Be right back. Finally, standard 10 communication. Professional school counselor communicates effectively with students, parents, guardians, district, and school personnel, and other stakeholders in a way that enhances student learning and improves the comprehensive school counselor program. Of course, our goal is to get to a level three or four. Of course, level three states that school counselor communicates effectively and consistently with students, parents, guardians, district, and school personnel, and other stakeholders in a way that enhances student learning and improves the comprehensive school counselor program. And level four, the school council continues to use a variety of communication techniques to proactively inform, network, and collaborate with stakeholders to advance student learning and improve the comprehensive school council program. So level three, um, the ways that you get your school counseling levels up on communication, use verbal and non-verbal communication modalities for positive interaction, precise language, correct vocabulary and grammar, and appropriate forms of oral communication. This could also fall in a professional. 
adheres to school and district policies regarding communication of student information. Basically, don't give up student information. Adheres to school and district policies regarding communication of student information. Listens and responds with cultural awareness, empathy, and understanding the voice and opinions of stakeholders. Creates a climate of accessibility for parents and students by demonstrating a collaborative and approachable style. Collaborates with school administration, developing adhere to an annual partnership agreement. We'll get to that in just a second. Share mission, vision, and program goals and calendar events with result and results with stakeholders and provides information throughout the year via newsletter, websites, email blasts, and other forms of communication. All right. There's a lot of stuff there you can do. Um, let's start with the stakeholder piece. Um, of course, we know what a stakeholder is. We're stakeholders as, as educators. Your principal is a stakeholder. Your district office personnel is stakeholders, parents are stakeholders, um, cafeteria personnel stakeholders, the community leaders are stakeholders. And you know who the biggest stakeholder is? Students. So when we can communicate with students, we can do a lot of different things to reach them as far as getting our information, as far as our program, or making sure that they receive various items that are needed for them to be successful. Um, sharing mission, vision, and goals. Of course, you have a web page. Make sure it's updated. Um, I would say if you update your mission, vision, do it in, during the summer and post on your web page. Climate of accessibility for parents and students by demonstrating collaborative and approachable style. Set up a either remind. You can also set up a um, a booking page for them to make appointments. That way, um, when they make an appointment with you, they um, they are you are supplying them with an avenue of collaboration and advocacy. Um, another thing is make sure adhere to your policies as far as um, sharing student information. Um, the easiest way to share student information is to don't. Uh, make sure that you do not uh, disseminate that information unless it's you know within you know the school building. Or you don't do that type of thing. The safest thing to do is not share the information. That's that will be the easiest way to uh, make sure that you don't do it. Um, when you deal with stakeholders, make sure you have awareness, empathy, have them voice their opinion and their their complaints and concerns and that type of stuff. Make sure that we are doing this with all of our stakeholders. Okay, make sure that we are available. So basically, a lot of this stuff can actually fall into nine with uh, professionalism. In the verbal non-communicable non-verbal communication modalities um, making sure that we have those non-verbal cues make sure that we use the empathy in our voice make sure that our tone is pleasant make sure we use eye contact making sure we're we're using our listening skills like um, i want to repeat what you said so i can make sure i understand you okay make sure that we're doing all those things or written or communication correct vocabulary precise language a lot of this stuff can tie into standard nine Standing out professionalism, basically, it is talking about not make not um, basically uh, shattering the con- uh, counselor-student confidentiality, but also making sure when we're talking to parents or students or stakeholders or whoever, we're offering them the best possible service that we can. Provide information through the year via websites, newsletters, email blasts, other form of communication. If you have access to any campus messenger, or if you have a Google Classroom, or if you have a counseling webpage, if you have a um, counseling webpage website, you give weekly newsletters. If you're a grade level, there's a weekly newsletter. You should have a section in there to talk about the most up-to-date things coming up in the following week. 
what I've seen done in some school counseling programs is that some places are actually using podcasting as an avenue for disseminating conference um, core curriculum or things they're learning for the week or for the month. I believe there's a school in Texas that does it that I saw a couple years ago. Um, when you look at stakeholders, your colleagues are some stakeholders. You want to um, collaborate on something, want to figure out how to um, close gaps and improve your program. Doing a podcast together to share with your colleagues, not just in your district, but state or nation or world. Uh, this is one of the reasons why I create. I started this podcast. I wanted to disseminate various different things about counseling, especially from somebody that was fairly new into counseling when I started in my fourth year. I've seen a good share of things that I would like to change or become better at or improve or just accentuate. That's the reason why I do I do this podcast and I enjoy doing it. Now, let's we get a level four, collaborate and network with colleagues and community to reach educational decision to enhance student learning and improve the school counseling program. Surveys, re- reviews, components of the comprehensive school counseling program includes goals and data with advisory council and uses feedback to provide program improvements, which goes back to advisory council and the minutes and incorporates 21st century technology to communicate with students, staff, parents, guardians, stakeholders. Um, let's say, for instance, you're doing a podcast or you're doing a show, you can, or you, let's say, for instance, COVID, you are doing your advisory council and you're conducting it virtually through Google Meets or Zoom. Um, communicating with students, what I'm doing this year is using Restream to create a t- digital table talks in the format of YouTube so that students are watching the video and we're discussing um, the topics of the week for, for, for that grade level. Um, of course, like I said, podcasting. You could do a Google Classroom. You could do a Twitter page, Instagram, TikTok. Those type of things. When they say incorporate 21st century technology, that's what I'm talking about. Using the tools that are there to accentuate the things you are doing positively for your program. So, if you have a Twitter page, that's your level four. If you're doing what I'm doing with um, restream and streaming table talks through YouTube and streaming it through the classrooms live. That's the t- current technology. And, and you can bring guests on like this past week I had on um, this, this week. I, I'm recording this on a Tuesday on Monday, which was the 10th. I had Jarvis Relaford talking about the struggles of him on his own business and making sure it flourishes. Um, it's very insightful for my students to learn that and possibly might have a job waiting for them real soon. Um, several different things that you can do as far as that you can be creative and when you do try to get a level 4 make sure it's make sure it's this which goes back to standard 4 the school council continually uses a variety of communication techniques to proactively inform network and collaborate with stakeholders to enhance student learning and improve the comprehensive school council program that means you're always doing it. You're looking for different ways to communicate. If you do a newsletter, you're great. If you go through Messenger, you're great. Use Google Classroom, also. Use a Restream or StreamYard or straight up Zoom through YouTube through Zoom. That's continually using ways to communicate and collaborate with stakeholders to enhance student learning and improving the, the uh, CSCP. And there you have it. These are the 10 standards of the counselor keys evaluation. 
there are different tips and tools and tricks of the trade to help make this year for you a lot better, Georgia counselors. Now, I'll be right back with my housekeeping items. And welcome back to the Council Connection. I'm your host, Bailey Vicks, and I got a very special guest on with me. He has his own YouTube page for school counselors. I'm going to let him talk about it because it won't do any justice if I say anything. I got great John Burnett with us. We met at ASCA. Cool guy. And John, how you doing, man? I'm good, Fabian. How you doing? Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. I'm glad to get you, man. We've been trying to make sure our schedules link up and we finally got a chance to make it work. And I'm just glad to get you on. So for those out there that don't know about your YouTube page, before we get started, tell them about your YouTube page. Yeah, so my name is John Burnett and um, I have a YouTube page that I started for my school counselor friends uh, because I just realized that there were a lot of school counselors and Facebook groups that I was seeing that really didn't have a mentor and they were kind of thrown in this position, didn't really know what to do. And unfortunately, this is one of those things where most in education, actually, you don't get a handbook. They don't give you a manual and say, do this. So you got to kind of like find your own way. And so I was like, well, how can I use what I know in my experience to help other school counselors? So I started a YouTube channel, Counseling with Mr. B. That's pretty cool. That's the same thing I would think when I did my podcast, but you, you're on a whole other level, man. Let's just go get the can out of the bag. You was on the Today Show, man. You was on the Today Show. <laughs> what was the experience like going on there, man? It's kind of funny because I remember the day when I got the email, I was like scrolling through and I saw like in the subject line, a producer from Today Show. And I was like, this isn't real. Let me, this must be spam. Let me open this up and just to see. And so I looked at the producer's uh, LinkedIn. I was like, oh, this is real. This is real talk. And so they contacted me and did like an initial interview, like over Zoom, just kind of get answered some questions. And then she was like, well, I'll call you back or contact you in about two weeks. And if we decide to move in that direction and send you to New York for, you know, to interview in person and long story short, they did. It was it was really cool. They paid for the flight, the hotel. So I got to do a little bit of sightseeing while I was there. And it was it was a really, really cool experience. Um. It's very different from being on a YouTube channel, you know, than actually being on live TV recorded. It was just kind of like it was overwhelming, but it was good. That's that's got to be a great experience. I mean, I, I wow, that's all I can say. I was happy for it when I saw my good man. He he famous. He making us look good for the culture. <laughs> he making it look good for the culture, man. But I know that. Yeah. I, guess, I know everybody like, come on, man. Let's let's talk school council. So I'm like, no, we got to get to know John and like this guy. He's he's famous. He, he did it for the culture. Did it for the culture. But um, a couple questions that are going to be running, run intertwinedly with this. Um, just tell everybody your name, where you at, your years of counseling, your why. Start us off with that. Yeah, definitely. So my name is John Burnett. This is my 12th year in education overall. So I started off as a middle school Spanish teacher, uh, transitioned to elementary school counselor, middle school counselor. I've been an assistant principal. And then I was like, you know what? I love admin, but this is not for me. So I went back to my uh, love of school counseling. Um, I currently live in Houston, Texas. I'm born and raised in Memphis, Tennessee, though, but Houston is where I call home and my why. So I became a school counselor because I remember my experience. I went to the same school from kindergarten through eighth grade, and I remember my school counselor, which I had for the whole time that I was there, and I remember two experiences with her. One was good, 
I remember when uh, we were in sixth grade and one of my classmates uh, died, unfortunately, very suddenly she had a heart disease. And, and so our teacher, came, our counselor came in and she did like a grief circle with our class. And that was the positive experience because it made me feel good to be heard and seen. But then eighth grade year, when we were doing our four year plans for high school, my counselor discouraged me. She was like, I don't want you to uh, go do Spanish. You don't need to go in Spanish and you don't need to take algebra one, you're gonna fail. And I remember thinking that, I'm like, I make straight A's. Why would my counselor tell me I'm gonna fail something like that? She was like, no, it's just too hard. I don't want anybody to do it. So she wasn't talking directly to me, but she was like, it was a group of us and she was telling all of us. And I was like, I don't ever want anybody to experience that. I don't want anybody to feel like somebody's not, you know, believing in them, especially in a trusted adult. So that's why I became a counselor. So I was like, I would never make my students feel like that. Yeah, I think every counselor has some type of story where they don't want the kids to get the experience that they had. I'm, mm -hmm. You've probably heard this before other, with, with our peers. I've never met my counselor. Never. Yeah. I'm 45. I still That's don't crazy. know. Still don't know. As far as college stuff, I had to apply my own stuff. I, had to, I, I was my own counselor. Mm -hmm. I, had to, I didn't know anything about scholarship. I just, just picked something. SAT, I didn't know mm -hmm. I could have got a fee waiver. Uh, yeah, and just didn't know, and and I, I applaud you and all our peers and camaraderie with everybody else with making sure that we we stay together, make sure we make sure these kids are prepared and don't experience anything that we went through in our life. So that's that's a tough story, right? There. I I would not want to tell a student you're a fail a class. The only way I tell them you you you're not be successful. You literally are not being successful in that class. And even then you have to do it in a different way. You never want to say something and tell a student what they can and can't do. Cause you never know long time in the future what that student is going to end up being. And I, you know, there's so many success stories where you hear people say the educators discourage them and look where they are now. I don't ever want that to be someone where they remember that experience about me. Yeah, Jalen Brown for the Boston Celtics is one of his teachers, one of his teachers told him, you're going to be, you're going to go to jail. Uh, right now, uh, he just played in the final, so I'm, don't think that's jail last time. Let's get this thing started, man. So what pushed you to love technology, man? Honestly, the, my love of technology came from two things. One, our students. Um, you know, they're exposed to so many things with tech now. They have iPads, you know, cell phones. They have all the tech. So you have to be able to relate to them on things that they, they actually use and what they experience. A lot of things in education right now are unfortunately outdated a lot of like different tools and things and so we have to use what we can to appeal to our students and make it like make make it work for them and so that's why I love technology because it's always changing and there's so many different apps and different programs and and different websites and things that you can use to make your lessons and more engaging so it appeals to our students. Now speaking of things being outdated and trying to make sure you make it work and try to keep up with it mm -hmm. what are your three go-to items that you use for your counselor program? Hmm. Three, so the one that about top three, I yeah. love Canva, mm -hmm. Instagram, and my third, I would say Padlet. Padlet, what's Padlet? Because I don't, I think I've heard of it, but never used it. Padlet is like a, um, it's a virtual forum. So you can use it in a couple of different ways. So what I do is like, if I have, like, for example, if I have something that's going on, um, like Hispanic Heritage Month, 
I put up a padlet like share your favorite food from your culture. And so you can go on and they it's like a message board. They can post pictures, they can post uh, words, they can post like gifs, like different things. It's really interactive. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna steal that one. Okay, mm-hmm. All right. um, yeah, I'll send it to you. Like, I, I appreciate it. Now, you love tech, you love the kids. How can we get our parents more involved with technology from your viewpoint? So I use tech to actually communicate with families too. So um, you know, they might not use Instagram, but I use Facebook and Twitter and the things that they're interested in. So like whenever we have events going on at our school, I always share the pictures or the uh, the information or the flyers on those so that the families can be aware of them. All right, I got one more question for you before we get you out of here. What's, what's the one thing with technology that you could see changing in the next five years? The fact that everything is ever changing. So you can become really comfortable with something right now, a program, and then you never know it, it becomes outdated like right now the big things are instagram and tiktok that our kids love but you never know what's going to happen five years from now those things could be outdated and we have to find another platform that our students use and are familiar with so that's the thing about technology you always have to like stay updated and one thing that i do to do that is i like i look at the trends so you i listen to my students of course and see what they like and what they're interested in but i also stay looking at like what are the trends or what are the hot things right now so that i can you know, stay up to date. Man, it was a pleasure having you on here, John. Uh, John. I, like I said, I won't let have you long because you're going to get a whole, give us a whole lot of information and we don't need a lot of time with it. And I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you taking your time out of your business schedule to, to hop on with me. Yeah, I will. I got a few more minutes if you, if you, whatever you need. Well, tell me this. Well, if you got a couple more minutes, let me, let me think. If you got any questions for me, I'm, I'm going to ask all my questions. Technology, I mean, you gave us your top three. Now, what's, um? I'm, I'm trying to, I can't think of how I want to ask this, but I, you know what? I'm getting too old. That's what it is. I forget a lot of stuff like that. But um, if you could change one thing in school counseling, what mm-hmm. would that thing be? Man, that's something. That's a topic you can give me uh, on for all day. But honestly, I would think the thing that our students need the most is they need access to a counselor. They need access to mental health resources. They need access to someone, like we need more counselors in schools. We need more mental health professionals. Coming back, you know, after the pandemic and going back in person, we I've seen, I don't, I can't speak for all schools, but I've seen in my school, there's a higher need of students who need mental health support. Anxiety is high, depression is high, um, self-harm instances, all of those things are going on. And, you know, School is just supposed to go on like normal. And that's not really that's not realistic and it's not meeting the needs of all of our students, unfortunately. So I just wish that we had more more counselors. And the counselors that we do have, I wish that some of the, the duties that we had were taken off our plate and given to someone else so we could focus more on our schools, our students. Now, if you, I'm, okay, I'm gonna make you the state superintendent for, for <laughs> this interview only. And once this interview is over with, you have to give the job back. What, okay. how, how would you implement more counselors or mental health or wellness facilitators or social workers or whatever you roles you need, see fit in these districts in your state? How would you change it right now to, to increase the, the number, to decrease the lack of school counselors? Honestly, right now, I'll say this. A couple of years ago, you didn't see a whole lot of school counselor vacancies. 
it was, I don't know if it was just the people were in those roles and then they, they you know, just stayed or they were until they retired. But now I see more and more school counselor roles available. I see a lot of vacancies. And it's, that, that tells me a couple things. It's either that these, it's hard to fill these roles in some cases, and I'm not understanding why. Because like I said, a couple of years ago, people were like beating down doors to find school counselor jobs. But now there's so many available, which is good in a way, because that means that we need more school counselors and there's people who are coming out of programs and that there's possibility for them to jobs, but then it's bad because those are unfilled, va- they're unfilled positions. Yeah, well, I'm looking at it too, is I know with Texas, I believe, is, is that rule still a place you have to have five years teaching experience before you can become a counselor? Or they- and see, that's another thing. Yeah, they, they make it so hard to be educators nowadays. And especially, I'm coming from Tennessee. So when I transitioned my license from Tennessee to Texas, it was easy for me because I had the experience, but some people, it, it's hard to do. Like if you don't have the experience, you can't, you can't transfer your license. Do you think, the, let me ask you this, do you think um, the Secretary, Secretary of Education in, we're getting a good conversation, right? We're going to protect the, to <laughs> fill the positions. Okay, I didn't see them coming. Right. <laughs> Do you, do you think there should be some type of universal, universal, universal law or universal rule for reciprocity for for certification for a specific certification like counselor or social worker or even admin? I do. I mean, only because it will make it easier. I think right now though, it's, we're in a state of emergency for for school and education, and it, there's so many barriers and blocks in place for people who may have graduated and don't have the credentials to transfer their license. I look at it like, like this. Again, I'm looking at this Tennessee and Texas. Mm-hmm. For Texas, in order to be a school counselor, you either have to have, uh, back when I transferred my license, you had to have two years experience as a school counselor already, or you had to have a teacher's license. What if I'm somebody who graduated and I don't have experience as a, uh, as a school counselor yet, I just graduated, but what if I don't have a teacher's license because places like Tennessee does not require you to have a teacher's license to be a school counselor. So does that mean I can't, be a te- I can't move to Texas if my family moved there and I, I'll never get a job? It, you see what I mean? It's so many mm-hmm. barriers put in place and it shouldn't be like that because every state is not like that. Some states have simple reciprocity and some don't. And, and that's the scary thing. I think I want to say it's less than five states now that have the um, the rule where you have to have some form of education already before you can be a counselor. Mm-hmm. And then the crazy thing with K-CREP, you already had to have $700 if you have a, um, it's a K-CREP state like Georgia. Uh, when I got my degree, I, I'm glad we switched over K-CREP because I would have been eligible because I had to get 600 hours as a counselor and 150 in, in, um, in a practicum setting. And we just... We got to have something, man, because I mean, many teacher jobs I see open and counselor jobs. That's mm-hmm. the one I, I just, you know, I looked around just to get numbers. It's already bad mm-hmm. enough we don't have male, enough male counsel, but I mean, there's a female yep. room for you. Most male counselors are being pushed to administration, so forth and so on. Get that. I, I get it. But as far as the roles, I mean, you're looking at post retiring, you're looking at anti counsel, you got people that just got the profession because of the duties that they're assigned, and you just, they're just tired and you just, and you got uh, compassion fatigue and, and it's just mm-hmm. you know, so much that we're not saying we we are the only ones dealing with it. Teachers, parapros, special ed teachers, administrators, superintendents, everybody's dealing with it. But we're just looking at the scope of school counseling where yep. we're expected so much of us to fill the gap for either with teachers or administrators. And sometimes we cannot meet our needs for our kids. And that's that's why the profession is, is dwindling. But at the same time, it's kind of 
stayed afloat somewhat as far as vacancies because we would just a lot of people want to be counseling, want to get out the, get out the classroom but at the same time. When it's, they get out the classroom, just be a school counselor, they're dealing with everything I just said right now. Exactly. And it, it, it gets in the way of you doing your job effectively and meeting the needs of our students. That's what it really boils down to. See, now I'm glad we added this part of the, the conversation. I didn't realize we we're going to go from tech to um, get some folks hired, man. Once again, I'm going to say this again, John, I thank you for hopping on with me. I really do appreciate it. And I know we're going to link up when you come to Atlanta for conference because I, I know it's... it's oh, yeah. I can't wait. Oh, man. I, 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 you know, I'm already in Georgia, so you know I'm already going to be there. <laughs> I to get yeah. some spots. Well, thank you, John, for coming on. We'll be right back with my housekeeper idols on the council connection right after this. All right. Thank you, baby, for having me. This is the part of the show where I've discussed my housekeeping idols, where you can find this show or follow me on different platforms or whatnot. But you can follow me on the Twitter at Fade the PSC. You can follow me on Facebook at the Council's Connection with Fabian Vicks. You can follow me on Weebly at fabetocounselor.weebly.com. Of course, I need to update that, so do not get mad at me if it's not updated. You can also follow me on these various platforms for podcasts. You can find me on Stitcher, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, CastBox, iHeartRadio. That's a new one, iHeartRadio. You can find me on Amazon Music, Overcast, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and, of course, Apple Podcasts, where you, or wherever your podcasts are at, you can find those podcasts by my podcast at those areas, or you could just go to anchor.fm and just go through our previous episodes. We want to thank those people that have been watching our podcast. We are in it's still in the top five as far as podcasts. Um, we thank you for that for that support. Without you, there would not be any us, and we are trying to make sure that we are doing everything we can to make sure that you you are prepared as school counselors do and owe to be the best version of you. Now, that was a lot of words. Now, this um, this part, part of the housekeeping, we're also going to discuss Steve Sharp and Caroline Perry. We are going to be talking about Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. We're going to talk about Moon Knight. Um, Basically, this is going to be our Marvel nerd out. That episode will be coming after Thanksgiving. Of course, um, I'm on a next episode that I will be doing. I'm going to have a great friend of mine from the Fort Valley State University, Dr. Albert Wiggins, a principal in mid the Midwest. And he's going to jump on. We're going to talk about his relationship with counselors and that important collaboration between administrator and counselor. And I can't wait to get that going. And of course, you know, I'm a, I'm a Georgia boy. I want to talk about the GSCA conference. If you're in Georgia and you're a counselor, go. It's going to be in Savannah this year. Very historic town. It's a great town to visit. Um, if you have a opportunity to go to the conference, go ahead and go to the conference and enjoy yourself thoroughly. It's going to be a, going to be a blast. Of course, we are going to be right back with my final thought. And my final thought is going to be on Georgia stepping up. Be right back. Faye's final thought. As you know, I am not selling a product when I talk about Scooter. I'm just talking about the benefits as counselors to help advocate for your profession and to help 
guide your comprehensive program for yourself, your school, and possibly for your district. I've been a counselor for seven years, and I can honestly say I've used Scooter for all seven of my years. Thankfully, just had opportunity for my district to my previous district, Bill County, to get it for all counselors back in 2017. My school got it for me and my co-counselor back in 2016. Then in 2019, I transitioned to a new district mid-year for family reasons, but I was also an ambassador for Scooter, which means I received Scooter for free as long as I help advocate for counselors using Scooter and they made the decision to use it on their own. So announcement came on Tuesday that Scooter will now be free for all Georgia counselors for the next three years. I want y'all to hear that again, Georgia counselors that are listening to this podcast. Scooter is now free for all of us. So if you go on myscooter.com, click on free for Georgia, use your school email, and you'll be able to use Scooter for free. This is a big deal because this is a tool that absolutely helps counselors advocate for their program, help make sure that they're on track as far as the 80-20 model, making sure that they'll keep detailed notes, which will be encrypted about scholars and issues or small groups or classroom lessons, and it tracks the successfulness of your lessons and how it closes the achievement gap for all students. Why am I doing a final thought on a program and not anything else that's going on like Black Panthers uh, affecting on the community or anything like that? But when we look at when we look at how we advocate as counselors we need to make sure that we're in line with the things that we provide for our students and our staff and our colleagues to make sure that we are successful in the things that we do. We make sure that they're successful in all the things that they do, as well as making sure that we're operating in the roles that we should be operating in. This is a big deal. So if you're a Georgia counselor, you should take advantage of it. Even if it's just to track who you've seen, you'll get report different reports like a parental analysis report or how many times you've seen a student or when you've seen a student there's so many great tools that you can use with this program I say all this to say this is part of our professionalism as far as making sure that we're staying up to date with students that we're seeing we're taking notes and we're keeping track of everything that they're doing to be successful that's our main job to make sure that all students are successful and succeed and have access to a comprehensive program. If we're not tracking what we're doing, we're doing the work. We need to make sure we're doing the right work, not just busy work or other work that's assigned to us. And show the integral part of our program that we're needed in our building. Because if we don't show how we're needed, the buildings will tell us how we're needed. There's a saying that I use them when I present. If you're not at the table, you're on the menu. What that means is if you're not at the table to make decisions or to order what you need, you'll be part of the menu what they want to select and have or take off take off the menu and substitute for something else. 
So it's very important for us to make sure that we find ways to advocate for ourselves and our programs to ensure student success and competencies in our role. Now, Georgia Council, this is not just to have something for your administrators to say, aha, gotcha, gotcha. No, this is a tool to make sure that we are showing what we can do and how we can be effective for you to make sure your school improvement plans have goals that get get gaps to be closed. That's part of our job to make sure gaps are closed and that we ensure success for all students academically, social, emotionally, as well as making sure all of our scholars are college and career ready. So I hope you take advantage of this um, opportunity that the Georgia Department of Education has provided for every council in the district. That means even new school councils next year will have access to this. It's going to be a great opportunity. It's going to be great for everybody to use. Um, I just hope you get to use it. And I hope you enjoy it like I have for the last seven years. Thank you for listening to my show. I want to thank John Burnett for listening and showing up on my podcast. I'm very appreciative of it. Of course, not listening. He listens to the podcast. You know what I mean. I appreciate him coming on. I appreciate you taking the time to listen to these five parts of the council keys evaluation for georgia councils i know it might not affect councils or anywhere else but the evaluation tool should be similar because we're all in the same roles we do the same things each day i might have different programs or different names but we literally do the same thing and i hope that you are gain something out of this if you have any comments just drop it on the on the message link on the episode you can shoot an email to me or you can hit me on Facebook or Twitter. I'll be more than happy to answer any questions or give my thoughts on anything. Thank you for listening, and I'm out. Like it's second nature Keep it cheap in my hair Like it's second nature Big wonder make me sad